Hey caffeinators, welcome to the Vet Tech Cafe. The Vet Tech Cafe is a podcast centered around veterinary technicians and nurses, hosted by myself, Dave Cowan, and my good friend, Jeff Backus. We strive to discuss current issues facing our profession and give our colleagues a voice and a medium to enter into these discussions. Our guests are experts in the veterinary field that we hope can help our listeners work towards dealing with these issues, as well as coming up with solutions that can lead to change. If you have a question, comment, or would like to be a guest on the Vet Tech Cafe, please contact us at vettechcafe at gmail.com, or you can find us at our website, vettechcafe.com. One thing we would ask of you, our listeners, is to rate and review us on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. We're not exactly sure how or why this helps us, but apparently it does. So without further ado, come on in, grab yourself a cup of coffee, and get ready for another episode of the Vet Tech Cafe. Hello, caffeinators. Welcome back to the Vet Tech Cafe, where we always have the game you want to see on TV, and you don't have to pay for a separate streaming service. (laughs) Uh, We'd like to give a special shout out to our caffeinators in Germany. Something new we're going to do in 2024. We're going to say hello to some of our caffeinators in countries around the world because we've we've been downloaded in over 80 countries now. So we want to continue to to recognize them and thank them for listening along. So today I'm going to shout out our caffeinators in Germany. Um, Guten Tag. Danke fürs Zuhören. Um, we would like okay. to thank all of you. I know, Dave, you and I both took some German in college and, and maybe some of our... Das Fenster ist schmutzig. Yeah, there you go. Um, maybe some of our listeners will, will uh, understand all that. But we'd like to thank all of you wherever you're tuning in from for your continued support, um, getting our merchandise uh, to our Patreon. Special shout out to you guys. Thank you so much for your support. Um, and just continuing to download our episodes and subscribe to all of our channels. If you're new to the Vet Tech Cafe, if this is your first time here, um, you can head over to vettechcafe.com to find out all of the info about Dave and I, who we are, why we do this. Um, You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Uh, We have a YouTube channel where we upload the video for our uh, taproom episodes. So um, head over there and you can get all the information you need. Uh, Dave, how's it going out there? What's on your mind? Uh, it's good. Here. We're going to get a quote unquote wintry mix today, which I'm not happy about. Um, those of did, you that know me know I hate the cold. Not, not yet. So I guess it can't be that bad. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's just crazy here. Um, yeah, think, things, things are okay here. Uh, getting back to it. Like, you know, we took a, a about a month of, mm-hmm. of not recording because of yeah. travel and the holidays and all that stuff. It's, it's fun to get back into this. Yeah. Uh, what else? We got a new dog. Uh, mm-hmm. I was talked into getting another <laughs> rescue dog, um, named TBD so far. Uh, Norman and Herman are, are kind of at the top of the list right now, but who knows? Yeah. Um, but things are good here. How are things going out there in, in sunny California? Yeah, things are plugging along. It's, it's actually been chilly. Um, you know, chilly for us is chilly you know, for you. <laughs> low forties at night, maybe upper fifties or early sixties during the day. And, um, uh, but you know, it's been good to, to get outside and, um, you know, we take our daughter wherever we can to just run her and run the energy out of her and, and what have <laughs> you. So otherwise not, not a whole lot new here since last we spoke. So, yeah. um, I, well, think, I guess the last time we did t- talk was only a couple of weeks ago when yeah. we did the tap room. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I think this day and age, I think sometimes not having much new is a good thing. Yes. So, so I'll take it. Totally yeah. agree with that. <laughs> well, uh, well then let's just go ahead and jump right into today's episode. So uh, caffeinators, if you've been following along Recently, you know, we talk a lot about veterinary technician education and 
We've talked about it from a number of angles, and we will continue to talk about it from a number of angles. And for a couple episodes here early on in 2024, we're going to we're going to focus on that. Just kind of the way that it worked out. Um, we we always say like we would love to talk to veterinary technician students, and we had a couple email us um, at right about the same time. They got back to us right at the same time. So our next two episodes are going to be veterinary technician students, and I'm really really stoked about that. So uh, first up is going to be Sydney Hovitt. Um, she lives in Oregon. And something interesting that we're going to talk about or ask her about, she has a twin sister that is pursuing human nursing. And we like to compare the parallels of, of human and, and, and veterinary medicine. So we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, but she started at a small animal veterinary hospital as a kennel tech at 16 and originally wanted to be a veterinarian like so many of us did. Got her bachelor's at Oregon State and then kind of had that, do I actually want to be a veterinarian uh, train of thought and struggled with that as many of us do, but then came to learn that CVTs are, are really where it's at and have more connection with the patients and all of that. So she is now in the vet tech program. I believe it's Portland Community College, PCC. Um, and so we're going to talk to her all about that, what uh, what that kind of decision-making process looked like, what education looks like. Because um, Dave, uh, if I recall correctly, you never did go through a formal vet tech program. Right, I went right, alternate correct. route, which is very different. So I, I think it's it's a really good conversation to have as far as what's out there. So, Sydney, first of all, thank you very much for taking some time out. Welcome to the Vet Tech Cafe. Um, as we get started here, what can we get you for a cup of coffee or other caffeinated beverage of choice? Um, just drinking plain black coffee with King. With yes, I like it. All I can get. All right. Uh, well, if you don't mind, take us through your career path. I know I kind of you know mentioned some, some things in there. Kind of what got you into vet med? Um, what made you kind of start thinking about that path at all? And then, you know, kind of where you're at with school now and all that. Initially got into vet med or got very interested in it as a young child. So going to the going to the vet with my parents and um, the veterinarian that we went to was my father's paternity brother. So we had like a very um, like sort of not to as professional. Yeah, uh, had a little bit of an in. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, and so he would include both my sister and I in the um, appointments, and that's uh, really sparked my interest. I'm like, ooh, he's really cool. He's really cool, and he has a <laughs> huge interest in animals. And I was very interested in animals, as all young children are, a majority of them. <laughs> and so when I um, became a teenager, and uh, I, we were discussing career paths in high school, I really wanted to go veterinary route because. That was what I what I was interested in, and that was the only experience that I had. And so, um, I reached out to my dad's fraternity brother. He gave me a job right away as a kennel tech. So I worked weekends and uh, got to be included in uh, both appointments and to check in um, hospitalized animals and got the whole nine yards. And I thought that was what I wanted. So I went to Oregon State to get a bachelor's in animal science and then go to the Carlson College of Veterinary Medicine. And it was very difficult college, (laughs) (laughs) especially... Especially Oregon State's uh, for me, at least, because I wasn't I wasn't really good at school, at least in high school. And then in college was way more challenging as it should be. And it just made me um, kind of like question from the get go, 
if that was something I wanted to do, but I kind of pushed that thought away and was like, yes, this is what I want to want to do. I'm going to pursue it and I'm going to try to get myself involved in and make connections. And so I joined the veterinary club there. I got a job at the sheep research center that was at the college. And I just kept on having the lingering feeling that this is just not right. Like I am not as passionate to pursue, um, pursue vet med and as I did when I was younger and I was, and I, it kind of felt like I was having an existential crisis very early on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And of course, pandemic happened. I finished my bachelor's during that. And it was just a lot of time by myself finishing the, my bachelor's. And it just made me just kind of forced me to, um, to reflect on what exactly I wanted to do. And I thought to that veterinary work was the only, my only option and going to be a veterinarian was my only option. Right. But then I kept on reflecting. I'm like, okay, what, what do I actually like about vet med and what do I actually want to do? And so, so reflect, reflect, reflect. And (laughs) so I came to the realization, I really liked the, um, connection that I had with the animals and trying to help the veterinarian to figure out what is actually wrong with them because they're patients that you can't, can't get an answer out of. Right, right. It's kind of like, I kind of think about can't tell it us. as like, yeah. yeah. And so I finished my bachelor's, went back to the same vet hospital that I worked as a teenager. And I started to focus more on the, um, vet techs and just seeing what they do. And I liked what they did, did a lot more. I felt to like more connected to that because they were more in tune with what's going on with the patient rather than the doctor. And I think that's uh, also the same with like human medicine, but we'll get to that. And, <laughs> and so I was like, okay, that's what I want to do. So I applied to PCC's vet tech program because it was right there. I live like 40 minutes away from it. So it's like, that's in person. I really struggled with online learning during the last portion of my degree. And so I was like, this is in person. That's awesome. I will thrive there, hopefully. And so I applied there, got in on my first application, which I did not expect. And I've been going there since uh, 2022. And I have, I have flourished. Good. I, it, yeah. Good. Yeah. The schooling compared to my bachelor's just came easier because it was something it was always something that I was interested in. Yeah. And I had classmates that came from all walks of life and different stages of life with different experiences. And we all kind of just helped each other, like understand the material. And I really love love that closeness, which was something I did not really get at uh, Oregon State. And uh, it's been a really good. It's been really great. I'm in my second to last term at uh, PCC. So I will be graduating in June. And nice. so I'm really awesome. excited about that. Heck yeah, nice. You know, I, I, I will say that, like, I, I feel like your situation is is really common with people in our field. And it's a huge, I mean, it shows like a really high level of emotional intelligence for you to kind of realize that, like, that's not the path you want to go down. Because I, I truly feel like that age of life where, 
like you, you, you kind of think this is where you want to go. And I think a lot of people end up going down that path. Just like, there's a lot of people, sure. They know they want to be a doctor. They know they want to be a lawyer or whatever, and they just go right through and that's what they do. And they, they live their life. But I think there's a lot of people that set out saying, I want to do this. And then at some point realize maybe they don't want to, but they're already too invested mm -hmm. or they already have their degree and they're already a veterinarian and they're, or whatever position and they're hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt and then you can't get out. And, yeah. you know, to, to realize that early on and, and, and a still finish your bachelor's degree, which I will tell you, once you have your credential pairing that with a bachelor's degree, you will be unstoppable in this field. Truly, you will be able to do whatever it is you want to do. That is I, so awesome that you actually did finish out your bachelor's degree. But I think there are so many people that, that are in that same place that like, kind of get to a point like i don't know if this is what i want to do and you like yeah. you've already invested so much time into it and you just kind of keep going but then you end up not happy so good for you for yeah. kind of realizing I that i think that's why we're still right jeff because yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, well yeah there there were a few times where i was like do i want to just throw all this away and do and do something different and you know reflecting and saying put so much so many years and money and blood, sweat and tears into this profession. I have to stay. Uh, and, and Sydney, I also want to comment on uh, going through school during the pandemic. Uh, I was a teacher and teaching through the pandemic was not easy. Um, I remember when it first happened and we said, okay, we're going to be teaching from home. We're going to do everything over Google meet and all that stuff. And the first term was great. You know, we were all adjusting and learning and by, by the second or third term, the kids had checked out and, and that affected me too. Cause I was like, they're not enthusiastic. I'm not enthusiastic. What, what are we all doing here? Um, and try as I might to, to get the kids excited and engaged over zoom or over Google meet just didn't work out. Um, so I applaud you for actually getting through that um, because that cannot be easy because it was hard from the teacher's standpoint. It's got to be hard from the student's standpoint as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I applaud you for, for making it through that. And anyone who's made it through teaching, teaching or learning remotely, ugh, very difficult. It was so very difficult trying to stay motivated because, yeah, because yeah. like once I get home or once I am home, that's like, okay, I rest. That's yeah, my yeah. place to rest. And so I had, there was no way for me to, like mm -hmm. separate my my home life from my yeah. school life or professional yeah. life at all which was very difficult and there are so many college programs that are like solely distance learning and there had been pre-pandemic but now i feel like there's even more and i know myself well enough to know i i i wouldn't i couldn't do it i could not yeah like make myself log in and do whatever it was i was supposed to do on schedule like i I, I know myself well enough to know I couldn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I couldn't do it either. But like for some, for some people, that's like either the only way that they right. can do it exactly. because of their job and their or situations their or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Like some people that's, that's truly the only reality. So mm -hmm. yeah. More yeah. power. Well, and, and it also goes to, to speak to like, we've, we've talked about this before is, is that everybody learns things differently. There's mm -hmm. so many, like mm -hmm. the, the yeah. way that Sydney, Jeff and I are old. I don't know if you know that. Um, when we were in, in like grade school, there was only one way to teach. There was only one way that, and it was done that way throughout the country. Yeah. And nowadays I, I think there, the, that the education level of, of people, uh, the, the people that are educators are realizing that everybody learns differently and, and trying to give you that information and, yeah. and give you that teaching in different ways so that everyone can benefit from it. I, I yeah. think is 
one of the great things that's happened in, in this, this century is that we've learned that people learn differently and, and not everyone's going to learn the same way. Yeah. Um, so for mm-hmm. some people that, like Jeff said, it, that works perfectly. And that's what, that's the way that they learn. But for, for most people, I think it's not the way that they learn. Yeah. Um, we're getting yeah. off track here. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good that they have that, that now that is the option for some people. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 As somebody who is about to be a, a full-fledged veterinary technician, where do you see the profession? What are the things that you think that are great about it? Um, and, and we will do our best not to squash your, your hopes and dreams, which, <laughs> <laughs> what, what, you're, what you're getting yourself <laughs> into. <laughs> where, where, oh, where do you God. see the profession right now? Ah, what excites you about great- it? Uh, what excites me is uh, just like being there. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm still the, I guess, baby tech. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And so uh, my, I haven't really, and I've only had experience uh, in vet med with just one uh, vet hospital primarily. And so my uh, experience is pretty limited, mm-hmm. um, like with the whole vet med from that one location, like I'm excited with the just like being the advocate for um, people's pets and yeah. like uh, having like sort of just mo- a more clinical understanding of like what's going on with them. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so it will help me. And I've already have done done this in the past, just helping educate uh, the owners, uh, um, helping understand like what's going on with their pets mm-hmm. uh, or with yeah. their livestock, yeah. depending on which route I go. <laughs> and because <laughs> I still don't know. Right. Yeah, and just helping them with that. Also, just uh, being that connection for them. And um, what was the other question? Sorry. Uh, just what, what, where you see the profession itself. Yeah. I, I honestly don't really know, know because I don't have much experience. Yeah. So I don't yet, really right? know what, where it's uh, going to go. It could go in anywhere, but it also depends on how many vet techs uh, there are and like who's going to want to push to and from because i have seen some people some people in this uh, field try to initiate change Mm -hmm. and we all know that change is slow (laughs) and (laughs) and but i have noticed uh, specifically in vet med that people are very resistant to change like Mm. change is scary yeah as we have all all experienced and uh, it's just uncomfortable and unknown. Yeah. But I also think that just change uh, in, I guess, like in protocols and like how we manage our um, our employees in a clinic sense. It's just some people don't don't want it to want to see change because that is what works and it yeah. has worked right. for a long time. Right. But it may not work now with right. new people trying trying to take a step into vet med. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I will say, I mean, clearly the hospital you've been working at has, has had a, a positive effect on you. I and mean, we said a number mm-hmm. of times, like the hospitals Dave and I both started at were hospitals we were at for a long time, caught us, kind of got our feet wet and, and, and actually drove like our continued interest in the field. You know, it wasn't because mm-hmm. uh, I think there's hospitals that, that are out there that certainly if that was your first job, you would walk away from veterinary medicine and never look back because yeah. it's a terrible environment. You're not taught anything. You're, you're not learning. You're doing grunt work or, or whatever it might mm-hmm. be. And, and so clearly like where you've been, like you, you've had the opportunity to learn, a, learn a good bit and, and enough to, to want you to, or for you to want to continue your education and, and go about. So the hospital you've been at is that, primarily small animal is it mixed uh it used to be a mi- mixed uh, small and a- small and large animal so i got a little bit of experience with both okay. but then okay. um 
as the years have gone gone by, and especially since the pandemic, they focused on small animal, and they also exclusively small animal. Yeah, now. and they also focused on um, bre- on breeding and reproduction, in, okay. um with a bunch of do- dogs, which is a direction I'm not so really fond of because of the type of dogs that they're breeding. Um, but uh, the it's only one doctor that's doing it. Sure. Sure. Yeah. It's a very it's a very small niche. Yeah. People yes. that are going in, into reproduction. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Unless and... you have a, a place to practice that, it, it it's very mm-hmm. difficult to continue it unless you unless you have a you know somebody that you know. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And so he got oh, during the pandemic he got really good at artificial insemination, and so mm. that's what really got a lot of yeah. interest. And so there's a lot a lot of breeders that have traveled all the way from Seattle. Down to, Port, down to Portland, yeah. Wow. To like okay. go see this guy. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> so, so let's let's jump into um, education a little bit here. So, you talked a little bit about already about kind of going, you know, the struggles at Oregon State, and then you know with with the curriculum and and just the lack of connection and that. I'm curious when you started at Portland Community College, was that already? post-pandemic, were you already back in a classroom and kind of back into that dynamic? And and how does that work with you working? Are you in school full-time and able to work full-time, or did you have to find a balance there? Just kind of talk about that transition from more the classroom or, or I guess, really Zoom at home during the pandemic, but to kind of what you're doing now with classroom education. So we are, full, my class is the first class that they're able to do full time in mm. person, which has mm. been a blessing. Um, <laughs> and, and so I felt like I'm like, like my first uh, year of uh, Oregon State just in the classroom, just ready to learn and just being able to ha- have connections with other people. And it's been a really pr- pretty smooth, smooth uh, for me because I'm I was still in the mentality of like school and I made the choice to not work while I'm going to school because I worked a part-time while going to Oregon state. And I don't know if that's uh, contributed to my poor grades or not, uh, but I, um, that I kind of made that connection for myself. I'm like, okay, I can't focus on two, two like life things at once. So right. I'm just gonna, I saved up enough money. I'm going to go to school just full time and focus on that because it is two years, very intense learning. And so I made that choice and I am very grateful that I was able to have, have enough money to do it. And, but also the um, support from my friends and family with it. Gotcha. And with, with your education, like, um, cause I, again, I didn't go through an ABMA school. So any college credits I had taken previously, they didn't transfer to where I went. Did you like, did your, any classes you took in your bachelor's program, did that, any of that transfer to the program you're in now and mean you didn't have to take certain courses or, or did you have to basically take the entire two-year curriculum? I, I, I just honestly have no yeah. idea how that no, works. No, it's all good. So, <laughs> so like, because I got a bachelor's in animal science, a lot of the classes, when I was like looking at the classes, uh, classes that I had to take at uh, Portland Community College, it seems like uh, there was a lot of the credits I already had could be transferred over because it was a lot of the class, a lot of classes that were pretty, pretty similar, like animal nutrition, right. anatomy and physiology. And that's the main two that I could think, think of. And I did uh, ask the director 
before I applied that if I could transfer those credits over because I, I already learned it, and, but uh, unfortunately I was not able to because okay. there are specific didactic skills that yeah. uh, is a part of the uh, PCC's curriculum to be able to be accredited by the AVMA yeah. that I had to partake, participate in. And I think that's fairly common. I, that. I think that was probably going to yeah. be the answer because I, I can't imagine there's a lot of people that have a four-year animal science degree that then go back mm -hmm. and do the two-year and get the AAS or, or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So but I, I was just curious whether or not that anything would transfer because there's probably just not a lot of people that go that route. But it makes it makes sense yeah. as to why not. But I'd yeah. be willing to bet that if you went to like two years of vet school and said, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to be a tech instead of a vet. I bet you the, the two years of vet school wouldn't transfer to a community college for their vet tech. Program. Probably not. Probably not. And that's, no and, that's, and that's like, like why yeah. in the world not? Mm -hmm. I mean, I, yeah. Yeah. Did, I, did you find that the ones that you could have transferred over, did you find those classes to be easier? Cause you've already been through it. Like A&P was that yeah. easier for you? Yeah. So things like uh, microbiology, though, that was, yeah pretty e easy to understand that like making like a a little slide a bacterial set slide sure. that's it was pretty easy because i was like oh i already knew this and the anatomy and physiology which was like our first class that i that was uh, fresh in my mind so that was pretty easy for me to comprehend i actually was only able to get one class to transfer over and that was animal behavior <laughs> but <laughs> interesting yeah but that was the one class that did not have any didactic skills that the AVMA like required of us. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so some of those classes you essentially did have to repeat. Was there any that you were like, I'm actually glad I'm doing this again because I'm learning different things? Or was it like really the same class over again? <laughs> and, it, and it was like, I really didn't mm -hmm. actually need to do this again. <laughs> No, I'm actually grateful that uh, okay. I had to retake those classes because there were just like different angles that we were focusing on at PCC. So like for anatomy and physiology, we like we got to dissect some cats, mm -hmm. low gory, sorry, um, okay. that and be able to like understand like the muscle system and where the placements uh, of uh, certain organs are, are. And so that was very helpful for me, just like like having that visual and just like being able to just like just look around physically which i did not get that uh, option at oregon state mm -hmm. and also at oregon state um with the degree that i went with it was in the college of agriculture so it's uh, focused more on agriculture and like what could benefit like humans in an agricultural sense it's uh, just like difference in the in focus of like why we're doing this way better for me to understand. Gotcha. Hmm. Uh, for, forgive my uh, ge geographical ignorance here, but is there a lot of, like when you say agriculture, is there a lot of like like dairy herds or, or things like that in Oregon? There's a lot. Or is it more equine? There's a lot. No, that's that's okay. Like when people think of or Oregon, they think like big trees and Portland's and like cities. Crap. There's yeah. actually quite a bit of agriculture happening, okay. like, happening here, especially in the Willamette Valley. Like there are people... Um, that have like small small farms or like large scale herds for like dairy and meat. And on the east side of the Cascades, there are huge um, like cattle farms as okay. well. I was and not so, aware of that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think of like agriculture and, and like cattle being in the south, like Texas. Mm -hmm. That that's that's what my 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 
thought process goes to. Um, so when, when you think about your, you know, going through this, this course, you know, you, you said you weren't really sure what avenue you wanted to go through as a vet tech. Um, mm-hmm. Do you feel like you're getting a, a broad enough uh, education? Are there, are there things that you wish that would be focused on more or, or talk a little bit about what your, what your classes are? So um, we, the curriculum is focused in both large animal and small animal. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which I am re- really grateful for. Uh, because there, that is like interesting for me and a lot of my classmates uh, don't have any experience with large animals or farm animals. Like I think myself and three others had to have experience and I have very limited experience from what I had in college. And so um, the um, instructors know that that is a route that we can take. And so they want us, they want us to have the experience, uh, a little bit of experience in that realm of vet med. So then if we wanted to go to go that route of large animal and helping out with farmers, we can take, take it because Mm. we have that, that experience. And that has opened uh, up door doors for some, some of my classmates. Like I know one of them, they do want to go that route. There are some large uh, animal vets uh, in Oregon. I know of two, I think I know of uh, two in the Portland Metro area. And one of them is a trap traveling large animal vets that will travel like like hours to get to one place and a few of my classmates shadowed that to vet hospital for um for our summer clinicals and they really were interested in it and that was after they had no experience with large animals and i really appreciate that as an option for us absolutely um how how big is your class size like and 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 are you guys all like your entire class like are you guys all doing the same classes at a time like you're you're with your cohort the entire time yes we are all together from day one until we graduate okay great and it started out with 26 okay we are down to i think 21 okay and that's so in our first i was gonna say that's probably (laughs) probably pretty average i would bet yeah 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 Yeah. we have grown very close very close uh, and so we're a yeah, and we've been very close and are like helpful with each other in our learning. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, um, that I, I think that that happens through something like this, where you're kind of I don't want to say it's it's um, through trauma, but it's more of a <laughs> you're 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 kind of go, going through this all you're, together yeah, you're and, all going and trying the same to thing trying together. To, yeah, and and you know, yeah. spoiler alert, that's how vet med is. It has to be like that. You have to lift each other up because, yeah. you know, when you're, when you're competing with your, with your classmates or your coworkers, it, it just doesn't work. Yeah. Um, that's my, that's yeah. my little soapbox about. Yeah. 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 Nice yeah. And I got that experience. <laughs> at, so I, I like, I had that sort of feeling when I was at Oregon States, like I felt like there was yeah. just competition to try yeah. to get, to yeah. try to get like the best grades and get noticed by by teachers said so then we can get into vet school because vet school mm-hmm. is super competitive right and i knew right. that from the get-go yeah. and yeah. i just i felt like i was outmatched because there were so many of my classmates that had way more experience yeah. but we like mm-hmm. we were like in the same same situation right, right. yeah but like that's something yeah. i did not do not get see at uh, pcc even though there are some some of my classmates that have way more experience than me i don't feel like it's a competition yeah, that's good to hear. That's actually yeah, that's really, great. really good to hear. It's a good spot to take a break, Dave. Yeah, why don't we? T- why don't we take our little break here? We'll we'll pay some bills and we'll get back after the break. The Vet Tech Cafe is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
Caffeinators, at the Vet Tech Cafe, you know we like to focus on mental health. If you're struggling with depression, burnout, compassion fatigue, or any of the other mental health challenges we discuss on our podcast, getting professional help is a great first step. We all need help with things like learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries, which empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major mental health challenges. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Dave, I've used BetterHelp. Um, I had really good success with it. I really liked that it was entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. You can also switch therapists at any time for no additional cost. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist, and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. They really make it easy for you to get the help you need. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash VetTechCafe today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash VetTechCafe. It's time to invest in yourself. Be well, caffeinators. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Vet Tech Cafe, where, news alert, spoiler alert, there are dairy cattle in Oregon. Um, <laughs> learning new things about geography. Learning new stuff about geography. Expanding my horizon. I mean, we have the Tillamook Cheese Factory. Of course there's dairy. Oh. Oh, oh Okay. And, and Dave, that's also not. where the uh, the Wildwood Sanctuary is. That oh, we, that's yeah. Actually, fun fact: um, one of my one of the vet techs at my hospital actually owns that sanctuary. Oh, oh you, uh, um, okay. Shauna oh, Sherry. Sean, Sean Sherry. Yeah. She was a guest. She was a guest on our show in like the first really? year we did this. Yeah, yeah, like two, two three oh years God, ago, I, she was on. Oh my yeah. god! I'm gonna have to find that episode. Yeah, it's, absolutely. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to scroll way you're, back. It's, it's way, way back there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was so it. cool to learn about what she does there, and that was a great mm-hmm. episode. Yeah, we're, we're sponsoring so a, funny. a cow. Yeah. I yeah. think we're sponsoring a cow. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. you are nice. Yeah. She's an amazing yeah, we, person, yeah. and I love uh, working with her. That's great. That's what yeah. a small uh, world. I love it. Just goes to show you how small the community, the vet community mm-hmm. is is that mm-hmm. it is so small and it's yeah. i love i love that about it yeah 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 um so sydney we just had our ad for better help and i know mm-hmm. you're you're still in school and you're not quite in the thick of it yet but how do you manage your own mental health oh i keep myself busy with hobbies okay <laughs> um nice i'm always uh, doing something just to, like keep my mind occupied because i love to have something to do all the time like i have trouble relaxing um and so i try to do something that that i can like wind down and i'm still doing something and so i have picked up uh, bread making okay lots of sourdough (laughs) and (laughs) i also do embroidery and try to draw as well so then those are things that just like makes me take some time for myself and just uh, to slow down you have to take time and just not mm-hmm. rush things yeah. which yeah. i tend to do and it's uh, but it's something i need to work work on and it actually has helped me with the how i work as well so then i can uh, like take time and like just slow down when i'm working or when i'm doing like just like clinical things that has helped helped me a lot to manage my mental health. Okay, uh, hold hold on to those those hobbies. Yeah, Keep those mm-hmm. hobbies because that's going to help your work life balance. And uh, absolutely, um, I, I don't want to I don't want to lecture you because that's not that's not the goal not here. 
but but keep keep those keep those hobbies at the front because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. that's going to help you in the long run. It really yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah, and actually, one of a one of my first classes at PCC, it was an introduction to veterinary technology, and that mm-hmm. teacher, her primary focus was teaching teaching us how to manage ourselves and our mental health in the field. That's because awesome. unfortunately yeah. it is a field that has a lot of mental health issues. She gave us tools to areas where we can um, try to focus on ourselves or to give us help, help, but like a lot of resources of that. And one of the things that she had us do was a project. So where we focus on like why we are in, this position, why we want to pursue vet med, but also we try to find resources that help us manage ourselves if once we get to a very low, low place. She had us uh, write a letter to ourselves, uh, uh, like addressing <laughs> ourselves awesome. when I love we that. are in that low place. And I yeah. love that. Yeah, That's a, that's amazing exercise. Yeah, I, I really absolutely. like that. It's, it's good to hear that, that that's part of the curriculum because I, yeah. I truly think that is actually going to like, I, I think there's a fear around that the kind of that idea. Like if, if we, if we talk about it, then for sure that's going to happen. But if we don't mm-hmm. talk about it, they're not going to experience it. But like actually talking about it as part of your curriculum and say, Hey, this is something you're probably going to face at some point. A lot of people in our field do. And yeah. here are some like, these are things we have to think about. And, and it's, I, I'm really happy to hear that's actually part of the education part now, because yeah. otherwise that's, I, I think that's only going to lead to more longevity in the field because people yeah. are going to be prepared mm-hmm. for that when it does inevitably happen. Yeah. And that's what they're, they're preparing us for is hopefully for longevity because there, yeah. there is a lot, lot of a turnaround in this mm-hmm. field, which is unfortunate. And I think yeah. it's because we, we do not have those tools for ourselves. And yeah. so I don't know if that is, I don't know if this class, that class or the, that curriculum is part of online learning, but uh, at least for me in per- person, that was a part of the curriculum and I really like that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I hope, I hope that other tech programs that are caffeinators that are listening to us take this and yeah. run with it and put this yeah. in their curriculum absolutely, um, mm-hmm. and, and put it in that, that vet that tech first 101, yeah, first, first yeah, class. 101, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I hope so, because it's, it's really helpful, especially for people who are like my age and young, younger, like we still don't know how, how to like help ourselves. So yeah. if we're yeah. given like those steps that will help us like. We, we call that not being ourselves. jaded yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so kind of going back to your curriculum, I know you said you graduated in June. I'm curious, do you and you obviously said you, you like the broadness of your program. Do you have any mm-hmm. inkling of what you want to do or the path you want to go down? Small animal, large animal, mixed. Yeah. Do you want to go into industry? Do you want to specialize? Do you have any in- inkling of what kind of direction you want to go? Yeah. So I'm actually, when I went back to work at my hospital, I really enjoyed watching dentals go about. So I'm like really interested in dentistry. And at Oregon State, I was really interested in animal nutrition. And so I kind of want to focus on dentistry and animal nutrition because they go hand in hand. And so that is, and so that is, at least I noticed uh, like where a lot, a lot of uh, issues arise is from like poor dental work uh, and from poor Poor nutrition. nutrition. And so I want to try to focus on that in 
especially specialize in dentistry, but that is way down oh, yeah. the line. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It, your 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 career may take many twists and turns going, you know, wherever yeah. it goes, but like it's it's good to kind of have a goal out there, something that you're interested in that you kind of gravitate mm-hmm. to. Um, it's it's good to hear. And yeah. so like, how about species wise? You feel like small animal or large animal or do you, do you see yourself maybe doing a mix or? I do want to do mix. Um, okay. um, I do want to do a mi- mix uh, because I like the vi- the variety of it. So, and like there's a dip and uh, the difference of like uh, what they need, need mm-hmm. in, in their care. Mm. And so, so I, but I do want to start out in small, small animal. Um, and then hopefully work on the large, large animal. Like I do have uh, a friend who has a horse vet that does like teeth floating. And I yeah. hope to do that one day, but I'll have to get, get to through my fear of horses first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll be a big part yeah. of it for sure. Yeah, exactly. Well, like so anything, to... it's just, it's experience. You just yeah, have to, yeah, it's you just just have to be yeah. around them. Yeah. 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 Just need to be with that. And so I'm hoping to, um, sh- at some point in my career, shadow uh, my friend's horse vets so, so that mm-hmm. I can have that experience. And I'm yeah. lucky enough to live close to um, two equine vets in my area, nice. too. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Um, so we we talk a lot about the the challenges that we face as a profession, as, as veterinary technicians. Have you encountered any challenges yet? Or have you been prepared for any of them? I, I know you, you talked a little bit about. Um, what they talk about in your your very first class, but have you experienced any challenges yet? Even not not just through school, but through you know the, your time that you were actually working. Yeah, so I think the biggest uh, challenge that we face is just getting out out of the out of just like the clicking mentality. I've noticed, yeah. noticed yeah. like I that a lot of people like form their clicks uh, yeah. and just like stick with each other yep. and are not really nice to new. To new people and that's unfortunate to, from that's very unfortunate to, that that's what I experienced but like I didn't experience it personally but I saw it happen mm-hmm. and that's uh, I feel like is the reason for like turnaround rates mm-hmm. uh, other than than like mental health health issues is because yeah. there is a lack of just acceptance uh, from yeah. those who have been in vet med for a long time and just sort of gatekeeping the, their knowledge yeah. and like not letting not really letting pe- people in on like their experience in vet med and different ways that they do it, but also kind of just like trying to educate people of like how they do things. It just feels like everything is very rushed. And so it's, uh, there's not really a way for that for pe- people to get the education that they can because people aren't, aren't really telling them why, yeah. I guess. Well, and I think you've got to understand the why before you can, truly grasp i think a lot of the concepts that that are being taught exactly and i i look back on what i was in high school and and i was doing some things that i didn't know why it was done and now i know why i was done it was done and i'm like huh maybe i shouldn't have been able to know or like do those things (laughs) yeah like uh uh, recovering animals from anesthesia yeah probably shouldn't have been doing that (laughs) if you don't understand the why it, it doesn't make sense Mm-hmm. when things go wrong and i i, I think y- usually when i when i speak at conferences that that's my main focus is for people to understand the why because you're going to remember it if you understand why it happens as opposed to just going through and memorizing it memorizing it is great but mm-hmm. eventually you're going to forget it but yeah. if you understand the why behind it yeah you don't need to memorize it yeah 
And you, you bring up a good point there too. I, I, I've said this before on, on the show, but I remember one of the uh, annual reviews I had at, at my old job. Um, this was, I don't know, early 2010s. Um, the, the comment was that I needed to be nicer to new people. And I didn't realize that I wasn't, mm-hmm. um, but you know, and it stuck with me um, that I needed to be more in, yeah. inviting, engaging. And, and I, I think it true. Like, I think truly we are a profession of introverts and we just, we don't put ourselves out there. Like, we, like you said, we find our click, we find our, mm-hmm. our people that we're comfortable around and that's it. It's like, it's not, I think for a lot of people, it's not necessarily, you know, shunning somebody because of who they are or what they are. I think it's that like, just, we don't put ourselves out there most for the most part like we're just so introverted we're just like man do my own thing like you gravitate to the people you're comfortable with yeah absolutely and and like i i think a lot of us just need to like get up get out of our shells out of our comfort zone a little bit absolutely because it it is it's really common i I wonder sometimes like is that is that um that clickiness is that i'm gonna get myself in trouble here is (laughs) is that more based on the fact that you maybe have younger people in your in your group to me, clicks yeah. sounds like it's a very high school type of dynamic. Yeah, and that's kind of where I was leaning towards. Like, um, <laughs> I worked with the with an array of like ages, but there were a lot of like uh, people under thirty uh, where I worked for a while, for a long time, and they I've noticed that they still had somewhat of a high school mentality of like clickiness yeah. and also yeah. a little bit little bit of like bullying tendencies mm-hmm. and yeah. I, yeah. it was mainly people who worked there since high school and just stayed yeah. there um yeah. and so that became a very problematic especially for for new people who came in and i noticed like what for one one person in particular um they stayed there for years for almost a de- decade from like high school until they're they're like almost 30 and they didn't really change but they were also they were also kind of like the cause of why some people, some new people um, quit and they were let go because of it. And, so, and I think it's because they never really left and so just went, went somewhere else and did something else and kind of just like matured because they were yeah. just like stuck in small practice where they were like really comfortable and they kind of grew up in. Granted, yeah. I did go back to that same hospital and, but I went back after I, left and like kind of grew and became my own person and kind of just mm-hmm. like emotionally matured. And I think that can be just like the down that downfall for people professionally if they stay in one place for two yeah. or so so long that they just they don't give themselves a chance to mature. They've stunted yeah. their growth. I like, truly yeah. have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You, you reach your ceiling and then you then you just coast. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know we, we we mentioned at the outset, Sydney, um, you have a twin who's in human yes. medical nursing. And you, you said when you uh, when we were emailing back and forth that the two of you kind of like to compare and contrast the profession. We've had, Dave, I think one person, maybe two, I guess two uh, that two. I can think of that were veterinary technicians and still maintain their credentials, but are now in human medicine. And so talk about that mm-hmm. a little bit. Like, what do you guys find similar? Like, what do you find different? Like, Compare and contrast a little bit. Very curious. So, um, so she is uh, pursuing a, um, human nursing. She hasn't uh, gotten into a nursing program yet, but she is working in a general practitioner office. Okay. Um, and so, some of the similarities is uh, to me kind of 
kind of interesting is just um, patients do not tell you what the complete story of what is wrong. <laughs> or they don't give you the information that you need. And, yeah, and I, I, I find that. that kind of funny. Funny. Yeah, I could see um, that. That being the yeah, but she also um she doesn't get the opportunity to know or do as many things as we do in vet med. So like for blood chemistries and X rays, those are outsourced to other other mm-hmm, right, facilities right. and to other doctors. While in vet med, we do everything. Everything. <laughs> we do everything yeah, from yeah. Eagles to X rays to getting ready for surgery. And so all that. All in the but same she, day. It yeah, is all more the same just, day. Yeah, but it's like more just like specialized. Yeah. Granted, there is a lot more specialty clinics uh, popping up in Portland. So we have like that, those opportunities to like outsource. But so everything is just done in house. Well, she yeah. has yeah. to outsource it. And if she wants that uh, education and that experience, she has to go somewhere else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. I would imagine the, the, yeah. the human nursing probably has a lot more mm-hmm. legal things that are involved in, in a lot more yeah. paperwork things that are involved. Not that, not that vet med does not have legal things and in, in paperwork involved, but I would mm-hmm. imagine on the human side of things that would like, like I think in vet med legal things and, and paperwork is probably about what, 20 to 30% of the, of the job. But I think in human nursing, yeah. it's probably 50 to 75% of the, of the, of the job tasks is dealing with yeah. all that stuff, which I mean, yeah, that's another reason why she, I don't want anything to do with it. Fortunately, she doesn't have to deal with the legality of right, it all, but right, they yeah. are way more strict on like HIPAA violations. Yep, yeah, and yep, I've yeah. noticed that they're more strict than they are in vet med. Like we do yeah. have mm-hmm. our own set of like HIPAA, but it's like way more relaxed. Yeah. Which I think, yeah. 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 A lot of times it's like, did the owner say that we could send you the records? Yeah, they did. Okay. Sounds good. We're, <laughs> we're in human med. There's like probably 18 forms you got to fill out to get, to get that stuff transferred from one hospital to another. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, okay. So we, we, we have mentioned on this program and, and, uh, you as a as a young baby tech um making your way we've mentioned that the lifespan of a technician is 5 to 7 years uh tell us something that will keep you in the profession beyond 5 to 7 years i know that's a tough question i think what would keep me in is the just like the support from both H- hr but also from doctors because i know it is like i'm going to reference uh, i think your la- the your last guest that you had who was like a tech who worked at a vet hospital um i forgot her name is it darcy um, was darcy the they, last one yes darcy darcy palmer um, yeah i i noticed that especially for um older vets like they have a harder time just like appreciating their staff and it's like new tech new veterinarians they are not really taught um what their vet staff are, are doing and how to appreciate them and, and so i th- hmm. i think if I were to just like get that get some support from the veterinarian that would help me stay stay in it because at first they are the they were the reasons why I wanted to be in this uh, profession and if they wanted to keep their support staff they got to do do more than just pizza (laughs) (laughs) pizza days yeah you heard it here first veterinarians Uh, do more than your staff right yeah yeah. I mean, I'm also, still going to eat the pizza. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I'm yeah. going to eat the pizza yeah. too. But like yeah. also yeah. maybe hopefully being able to have a salary that is livable. Mm-hmm. 
but I know that it comes with so many other other like th- things and yeah. nuances. Yeah. Uh, but I yeah. do know that it's really hard to just live on the one salary of a right. vet tech. Like For I sure. would not be able to. And like my, I compare it to like my partner who is a police officer. He his starting salary is a salary that I know I can never achieve. I think it, his starting salary was like. 65 grand 65 grand you can get there you can yeah. get there yeah you absolutely uh, hopefully if there. i special yeah. if i specialize but like my starting sal- salary is right. gonna be like it's maybe be a third well of that below. yeah right yeah. right yeah. yeah absolutely yeah and that's why i say too with where you're at being able to like pair with a bachelor's degree like if if you mm-hmm. if somewhere down the road you find clinic life is no longer for you mm-hmm. or whatever there's so many things still under the veterinary medicine umbrella you will be able to do yep. with that degree like truly yeah. every door will be open to you and absolutely yeah well as we're getting down towards the end of our actually we're a little over our hour, <laughs> um what else do you want our <laughs> listeners to hear about your about your journey and and uh how your how your experience has gone so far um i also wanted to mention mentioned that uh, in my schooling, we also had like just a tiny bit of experience with the research and like research mm. animal. And we actually did, were able to get a, a tour of Oregon's primate center, which is like made research area. Oh, that's super cool. Yeah. yeah. It was really cool to see that and be able to see that we're able to go down that path as well into yeah. like hum- nice. research for human medicine, but also for animal medicine. For sure. For sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, is there a topic or a person you think we should either talk about or have in a future episode of the Vet Tech Cafe? Um, I, I think that you guys uh, should have more people who are in more um, vet techs who can't be in research uh, or who are in large animal because the, the, even though those are niche um, areas, I think those are areas that not a lot of people, not a lot yeah. of yeah. people in vet med realize that that is a route that you can very go. Very true. Very true. Yeah. Yeah, I think we've only had like maybe one or two of those types of people on yeah. on the show, which yeah. Yeah. we mm-hmm. should probably be yeah. covering more of that. Yeah. That's, a, that's a great suggestion. Yeah. Yeah. Because people think vet med, Go to the small animal, small animal and work clinic. in a clinic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. All right, Sydney, we are down to your would you rather question. Are you ready for it? Oh, am I? <laughs> and, and, and the would you rather question is, has morphed into let me find the loophole in your in your scenario. So you have option one, two, or three. Which one do you want? Ooh, I'm going to pick three. Three, all right. Would you not? Would you rather not be able to taste anything or you're unable to be able to determine hot from cold? Ooh, that's interesting because both both of those uh, areas can be kind of deadly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would rather not be able to determine hot from cold. Same. I I love food, and yep. uh, it would just be real bummer if I'm not able to t- taste food. And yeah. for me, it's more that I taste- hate, I hate being cold, and if I could not yeah. just if I could just not tell the difference. <laughs> Easy peasy. I hate being hot. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, I think back to like when, when the pandemic was kind of first going on and like the yeah. first wave of COVID, like so many people lost their sense of taste and smell. Yeah. And they said that was miserable. Like, yep. like, mm-hmm. you know, they, they had to eat to survive, but like they couldn't really taste what they were. That sounds yeah. miserable. Yeah. I, when I, the couple times it. I had it, 
I, I never experienced that, but it, it sounds like it was terrible. Robin had that the last time she got it, and, and her taste right now is, is still slightly off. Like mm. she had mm-hmm. to go off coffee because she didn't like the taste of coffee, and I was like, oh. That yeah. is a that uh, is a death sentence for me. Like, yeah, <laughs> seriously, you, you do not want me not drinking coffee. I'll tell you what. Mm-hmm. I'd rather uh, taste uh, things. Yeah, yeah, for, yeah sure, for sure, for sure, yeah. Well, Sydney, thank you very much for coming by the Vet Tech Cafe and taking an hour out of your schedule to come chat with us mm-hmm. about what it looks like to be a vet tech student and some of the stuff you're going through. Uh, best of luck. Um, as you finish your program and with boards and as you go out into your career, keep in touch. Let us know what you're doing because we'd love to to kind of follow along with with everything that's going to be amazing that you accomplish. Best of luck to you in the future. Thank you so much. You guys have a lovely day. Thanks a lot. You as well. Caffeinators, you guys take care and we will talk to you again soon. Bye, guys. Bye. Hello, Caffeinators! We wanted to thank Dog Days Consulting for managing our social media and helping with the interior design here at the Vet Tech Cafe. They don't just do social media, they can help you identify your brand through brand coaching. The founder is a CVPM with 15 years experience in veterinary practice management. They are a small business proudly serving the veterinary community and we are thrilled to be working with them. Check them out at www.dogdaysconsulting.com. Hey, caffeinators. We would like to thank you for listening to the Vet Tech Cafe podcast today. As everybody is well aware by now, we often talk about difficult issues that face our profession. In addition, we chat with colleagues and leaders in our field who have strong opinions of these issues. Those opinions expressed by either Dave or Jeff as the hosts, or those opinions expressed by our guests, are their opinions alone and do not represent any other person, business, institution, or any other entity inside or outside of the scope of veterinary medicine. If you have any questions relating to this, please email us at vettechcafe at gmail.com or visit our website, www.vettechcafe.com. Lastly, whatever platform you utilize to hear our dulcet tones, please rate and review our podcast and like and follow our Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn pages as well to see what we're up to. From all of us at the Vet Tech Cafe, have yourself a great day.